It is my privilege to invite you to today's sermon podcast. I have made the Apostle Paul's prayer request my own. When he states in Ephesians six nineteen, pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, the words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. May today's sermon come alive to you and aid you in your understanding of God's plan for your life. He's been some exciting days for us at a church. We just came off the General Assembly and uh, having Jubilee here with us recently again. And you know, it's been good to have the missionaries here uh, this year. And God is at work. It was good this morning to go to the uh, children's classes and just introduce our brother John here and uh, pray with some of them and and just meet different ones in the hallway and so forth today. And as some of you came in, God has not just made us, um, you know, a church with a mission council, but we are a mission group all together. That is why we exist. And uh, you are mission people. And we're so excited to have people coming from different places. God is calling some of you to join this missionary on our platform this morning. And uh, we're so excited to have him. It's been good to uh, get to know our district and Am I president better? We discovered we're we're related. Even uh, that's a weird thing. But hey, we're what great uncles to something. I don't know. Anyway, I, I don't know what you call them. Uh, Shirt tail relatives, maybe. There you go. I'm going to ask our president to come and introduce our speaker this morning. Thank you, Rob. Uh, the last time I spoke here, uh, Pastor Chuck Ryan was was still. At the, at the pulpit. And, you know, God, in all of his providence, he has uh, allowed you to, for the interim, he's given you even more. Less more, of course, <laughs> but more nonetheless. <laughs> it was good to see you this morning, Les. In the past four years, as District NMI president, I have always had a focus on being intentional, being strategic, and being relational. This year, I, I added a little bit of emphasis on being genuinely relational to make sure that there was no misunderstanding of what it means to have relationship. I think the gospel message is always well served through our relationships. I think more so even than our theology sometimes, because if we don't build the relationship, we never get to talk about the theology, about the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So I've enjoyed the last several weeks of getting to know John you all a lot better. We met about four years ago, five years ago, but we've built our relationship. But I want to tell you just a little bit about our journey the last three weeks, and I'm going to start 17 years ago. That'll make sense here in a second. 17 years ago, we had a number of refugees coming into the Treasure Valley, and God challenged me. He said, Jason, are you going to continue to be ignorant? It was a good question. I didn't know anything about Islam other than they were the enemy coming from somewhere else, which really is not true. There are some, but we need to understand who Islamic people are in order that we can build a relationship with them. And what happened immediately after that, sometime within that first year of me taking a little bit of a look at the Quran about the Islamic culture, I gained a Muslim friend on the bus. I, I saw a man who I knew was very different from me, who wasn't from here, he had an accent. And when he mentioned fishing, I was very intentional and very strategic about jumping into the seat next to him on the bus and saying, I heard you talking about fishing. And we have been friends now for 17 years. My Muslim friend happens to work with the International Rescue Committee in Boise, which is the primary refugee intake uh, agency in the area. 
And through my friendship with him over the last 17 years, I've had many opportunities to engage in a variety, a great variety of uh, intercultural activities. Everything from Farsi New Year uh, to uh, Nepali, uh, Bhutanese Nepali uh, celebration. Uh, I've met and been to the Somali Mosque in, in, in uh, Boise, the Somali Bantu people. We have a number of them. And, of course, we have a lot of th- great things going on in many of our local churches, particularly Five Mile, which without any kind of planning uh, now has a great number of Congolese in their congregation, and they also share their building with Ukrainian-Russian believers. So we've got some wonderful things going on. So how does that relate to John? Well, when John arrived here a couple of weeks ago, we were blessed also to have Jubilee Tonga here, who is Samuel's dad, and we got to spend time together. And the, uh, there were four of us, uh, Rob Donahue and me, John Bergen, and uh, Jim Franklin, who gathered with Jubilee and John at the Flying M for a conversation. And you would think, what would Jubilee Tonga from Myanmar have to do with John Yuall from South Sudan and Uganda and, and, and working with the refugee camps in East Africa? Well, they actually have a lot in common because they're both working within war-torn countries. They're both working through youth to reach families for the kingdom. And we had such a great time sharing. But I wanted him to meet my friend Rob Yu, who was the man I met on the bus 17 years ago. And so a week ago, we went and visited with Rob Yu. And when I called him, he said, oh, he says, I'm in a meeting but today's World Refugee Day. And I said, oh, I forgot about that. So we ran into Boise and got there as they were closing shop. But we got to talk to three different people, and, and it was amazing. You might not know this about me, but I'm not afraid to introduce myself to strangers. And we did that. We went to the first uh, tent, and they actually still had some food, and we were both hungry. So we got some food from Somali Bantu who were, who were selling some uh, sambosas. And they were delicious, and we had a great conversation when they found out that he was actually here from uh, East Africa and was working amongst amongst the Somali Bantu and other people groups in the refugee camps and stuff. Uh, They had a great conversation. Of course, they started talking in Arabic. And, you know, my Arabic is not real good. Well, it doesn't exist, but... um, (laughs) But anyways, they had a great conversation. We moved on to the next tent, and we asked the man there. We said, so what did we miss here? And he said, oh, this is the World Refugee Day. And I said, oh, no, no, I knew that, but what is this specific tent? And he turned to the lady next to us, and it turned out that she was from uh, Liberia? Liberia? Liberia, yes. And when she found out that we were actually interested in what she does, she has a nonprofit that is helping educate children who otherwise wouldn't get a good education in Liberia. And, and she was helping them uh, running a nonprofit from here in the States. And it was, it was an awesome opportunity. We went another 100, 150 feet further, and I ran into somebody I knew. And she walked right past me and embraced John and said, John, how are you? It was Holly Beach Tucker. And she had met John in Uganda in 2015. But they had already established a relationship, and we had just built two new relationships. We left there, and we went to meet with my friend Rob Yu. We had a half-hour visit. And he says, but you need to meet my friend Mubarak. Mubarak is one of the Muslim leaders here in, in the Treasure Valley. The people know him well, and he's a great man. And, you know, I always look for a man of peace. That was what Jubil- or what uh, Rabiu is to me. He's a man of peace that gave me an entrance into their culture. And he introduced us to Mubarak. You know, we sat and talked to Mubarak for an hour and a half. And then Mubarak said, let's go get some food, and then you'll come to my house and have tea. And we did that. And what was supposed to be an hour or two excursion ended up being a seven-hour day that ended with tea at the home of one of our Muslim leaders in Boise. And again, a man of peace, not a man of, of war, like we oftentimes will hear about the scary things that are going on. There are hateful people all around the world, but we must recognize that so many of our Muslim neighbors are people of peace who just 
want to worship God, and their understanding of God is different than ours. But if we don't build relationships with them, we'll never have the opportunity to share the gospel and to share Jesus as we, as we know him. So with that, I, I, I've had a great time getting to know John you all a lot better. This last Sunday, uh, we drove into Oregon and went to John Day and to Harney County Churches and had a great visit with them. Again, we were establishing relationships. Who knows where else in the world we will run into each other. But if Holly can meet him in Uganda in 2015 and then see him in Boise, Idaho, there's an opportunity. And we need to be about building relationships so that we can not only be a support to each other, but also to have an opportunity to share Jesus with uh, others who are not of the Christian faith. So with that, I want to welcome John because John is doing a great job he, working in uh, many refugee camps in, uh, across East Africa in Ethiopia, Eritrea, Kenya, Uganda, Sudan, primarily those, uh, those five countries. But he is doing a miraculous work uh, he, he came as a refugee. He traveled for a month from Sudan to Ethiopia as a, as a young man of 15 years, I think. Traveled on foot, one of the lost boys of Sudan. And when the opportunity came after 15 years in the camp, and he finally got his paperwork to go to Australia, John was excited. He's like, yes, I get to go to Australia. I finally get to get out of here. And God said, no, John, that's not my plan. But I, but I have my papers. He says, no, John, I want you to stay here and build my church. So what John is going to share with us this morning is all about the relationships that he's establishing within the refugee camps and the work that God is doing through him and all of his helpers in East Africa. Let's welcome John Ewald. Good morning. My name is John Yual. I'm from Africa, and Africa is very big. I was born in South Sudan or Sudan, and I grew up in Ethiopia. I think many of us know about Ethiopia. I grew up as a refugee in Ethiopia. And that's where God called me to be a part of the ministry around the world. Um, I have my, I don't know if this one is on. Oh. I want to see it there. Okay. Um, that's my wife, Nyamal. Uh, we came together, but she's now in uh, Homa, Nebraska. She had a sister there, and she wants to go and meet them before we go back to Africa. I will join them on Wednesday. And it has been really good to be here with Jason. And the rest of the people who have been working with us, connecting us with different community around here. My wife and I had been working together, coming here, getting to know new people, and we know that there's many loving people here. That's my family. God bless us. We have five children. We have um, one girl and four boys. We always say that girls are minority in our hours. So my children, we are living now in Uganda ministering to refugees in Uganda. And Uganda is a very peaceful country. Currently, 
we have a stable government, yet there are so many things that need to be praying for in Uganda. If you come to Uganda, you will find that we have two governments. When you come there, you prepare that you will have two governments. We have a government of Uganda and the kingdom of Uganda. And when you come there and meet with the king coming out from his kingdom palace, you will make sure that everybody lie down until he fasts you is when you can start walking. Even if he come, all the car must be stopped. That's the king of Buganda. When you come there, you will, you will see different kind of king. But we have a king of king with Jesus. My family, we are still living together. The first one is 23, and the last one is 9. You know, the goal for the church, as we see today in this congregation, the Church of Nazarene is a global church around the world, and we have very three important core value where we say we are Christian church or Christian people and we are holiness people and we are missional people and I do believe personally we are family people as well the Church of Nazarene exists in 164 countries around the world today and the reason why we have so many countries is because of all of you getting involved in the mission of God. Mission is not only for missionary. Mission is for all of us. I think currently we are about 600 missionaries around the world, but we are very small, a tiny group of people who say, yes, we can go, but all of us, I believe all of us are mission on the mission field. In your workplace, you will meet with people who need Jesus. You will be the only missionary where they will be. You will go to the market and you will meet with new people who never knew Jesus. As Jason talked about Mubarak, we went to Mubarak place and we had a great time with him, took us to his house and gave us tea. As we coming together, we are coming together to take tea, I say, hey, Jason, can you pray for us? And Jason started praying. And you know the first person who said, Amen, was Mubarak. Mubarak said, Amen, after we pray. And we give God thanks. In the church where we are in today, in East Africa, as you heard, we want to make the Church of Nazarene to be a sanctuary of hope and healing for refugees. We can ask ourselves, what does it mean to be a refugee? I do believe that all of us here are refugees. We don't belong here. One day, we will go to our permanent home. Are we prepared for that? Or sometimes we may think that, oh no, this place is comfortable for us and this is our comfort zone. We relax, we enjoy, but one day we go to heaven. And I do believe that we are passing by because a refugee is a person who live everything and go to the new place and start a new life as preach. And when we leave this house, you will not take anything with you. That means we will leave everything here and we go to place which belong to all of us. The question is, can we make it happen here? As we have seen, there are so many refugees in Boise area and around here. You will not even take 30 minutes drive before you meet with one of the refugees. They are everywhere with us all the time. We need to make sure that the Church of Nazarene can be a sanctuary place where refugees 
can really find who they are. Because God loved them. And we also need to, in the next five years, we need to be sure that we'll spread, spread a Bible around the world. How can we do it? We can do it together. And it will happen. I went to Five Mile Church of Nazarene. There's many refugees over there. We went to Castle Hill. There are many refugees there. It is coming home. We can be a people who can be having relationship and bring these people closer to us and they can be a source of revival. Now we have family in, in Australia. They start two churches in Australia, refugee from Africa, from one of our local churches. They went there and they start churches where they are. I have five family in Europe now. One family in Denmark, three family in Italy, and one family in Norway. I've been communicating with them. Where there's no work, they can start the work for the show of Nazarene, wherever they are. And that's our focus. We have a goal, we have, we have a mission that we can take to other parts of the world. You know, in Matthew chapter 25, we will be asked one day, what have you done when you were on earth? And majority of people will say, no, I was not ready. I never heard. I did nothing. But remember, when we go to heaven, we will be asked, what have we done? We have these two young people in, in the picture there. Nyarwaj was an orphan. She lost both parents, lost everything, and she was part of a refugee. We found out that the church can be a place where Nyarwai can get help. We took into our care, took her to school, went to school and studied, and got a diploma. Now she's very strong spiritually, helping the community and helping the church. If we did not contribute into her journey, she could not be who she is today. This young man was alcoholic. He started drinking while he was very small. He did not even have parents. He lost everything. He does not even have hope, waiting to die anytime. One of my, one of my leaders went out and reached him, met with him, shared the love of Christ with him, was invited to the church, and he became part of our fellowship, gave up everything. Today, is a responsible person, leader in the church, went back to his school and is doing his, his study in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. He became a very responsible person. Why? It's because we think that it is time for us to bring cry to them and cry will transform their life and they can be the people that God want them to be. This make up or make tense, this ten, that's where I was called. How I came to Jesus, it was because of missionary work. I ran as a lost boy. Maybe some of you know about lost boy, and you can really watch the video, or they have a documentary about Sudan lost boy. I was one of the lost boys. Left Sudan while I was 15. Worked with other children under my age, and the same people also who were on my age. We left Sudan because the Islamic government were coming in, recruiting children, 
and took them to their camp and trained them, radicalized them, and sent them back to fight on their own behalf as the jihadists, that terrorists. Our parents decided we should leave, and we left Sudan. About one month in the bush, and we were really suffering a lot. Many people die on the way because there's no food. Many people die on the way because of sickness before we reach Ethiopia border. And when we reach Ethiopia, some of us who got survived, including myself, we were received by UNHCR, and we were accepted as a refugee to Ethiopia, and that's where I end up. That's where I was living. And you know, the life in a refugee camp, or being a refugee, is not something that you can think of. And being a refugee is not a choice. It's not something that you can say, yeah, I want to be a refugee. No. It happened because somebody forced you to get into that situation. I end up to be a refugee. Living in a refugee camp was difficult. I start my education in refugee camp. If we need firewood, we have to walk for a good two hours before we get firewood. And we bring them back for another two hours. That's how we cook our food. That's the only means that we can get our food. And we suffer a lot. Many people were looking to come to America or Australia or Canada to make a better life. And this place was like, you come to America, it was like heaven. You go to heaven. And you leave the house. You become a person, now you are very excited. I met with the Shoei Nazarene missionary who were missionary to Ethiopia while I was a refugee. They introduced Jesus, and I accepted to be a Christian. And I was the first Christian from my own family and parents. My parents were never been Christian before. I was the first person to introduce Christianity into our family. And today, if you go to my village, you will find the Church of Nazarene because it was introduced by a person who was found by the missionary in Ethiopia. That hope that I found, I took it back home. You know, I, I, I decided, yeah, I can be a Christian. And I accept to be a Christian. While I was seeking to go to a better world, I met with the Lord and was very excited with a new face, but also looking to go to anywhere in the world where I will make a better living. I got a paperwork to go to Australia. Going to Australia was more excited because I will, not, I will not only get a better life, I will also get a better education. My family will live very well with me. was very excited. But you know what? I don't know how many of us sometimes disagree when God tells you something and you say, no, no, no. It's not the right time. In the middle of the night, God called me and said, John, I don't want you to go to Australia. I say, okay, maybe. Where do you want me to go? And I was waiting for God to tell me, Australia is not good for you, America is good for you, or Canada. <laughs> and you know what? God told me different things. I was waiting when I say, okay, where do you want me to go? Because I knew it was God's plan for me to get a paperwork to go to Australia. It was God's plan. I know I cannot make it. I said, okay, where do you want me to go? And God said, and I want you to be here in a refugee camp. I said, many times, what? 
Yes, I want you to be here. What? I want you to be here. I say, no, no, no. This must be a joke. You know there's time when you think that this thing does not come from God. It comes from somewhere else. And I really argue with God and I say, no, leave it. In the morning, I continue doing my business, preparing myself to go very excited, sharing with my friend. But I never told them what God told me last night. God came back to me and said, yes, I don't want you to go. It took me time to say yes. When I came to know that it is God really speaking, I say, okay. I say yes. And when I say yes, that's how I went to UN and told them I'm not going. And they said, John, you must have a problem. Maybe you are out of your mind. <laughs> Turning down to go to Australia, living in this refugee camp, in those ten, as you see them, you can see them how they look like. You choose like this? I say yes. To make these things was the person who was in charge in the camp was his name was Jamal Mohammed, is a Muslim. Yes, I came from a Muslim country. I can pretend to be a Muslim. I speak Arabic. That's our first language. Yes, I can pretend to be Muslim. I can dress up like them. And I told Jamal, no, I'm not going to Australia. And he said, what's wrong with you? He's a Muslim. I said, well, I just decided not to go. Because I was not ready to tell him, God told me because you will ask me with God. I say yes, and that's how I end up to be in the mission. You know, I never, never complain. I never regret why I choose that. On Tuesday, we went to Boise, myself and Jason, and we met with a young man who was a refugee. He's from Congo, but he was a refugee in Ethiopia. I was sharing with him, and he told me, oh, no, I, I was in Ethiopia as a refugee. Exactly every place that he went to, I was there before. And I told him, no, I was here, I was there. And he asked me, why you did not come to America? And I told him, God told me to be a minister in Africa. And he cried, and he could not believe it. I just met him here. You know, when we follow God's direction, that's where God wants us to be. You know, in East Africa, there are many refugees you can see there. Many refugees. And we can ask ourselves today, do you know how many refugees are in our planet Earth today? We have 103 million refugees. 103 million refugee. And these are the people who have been registered by UNHCR. There are more than that who are not registered. Even here in Boise, we may have 100,000 refugees. How many other people who are not registered who are living here? Thousand. There are many refugees everywhere. In East Africa, where we are ministering, we are ministering to refugees in Uganda, Kenya, Ethiopia, South Sudan, and Sudan. And in Sudan, it is 99.99% Muslim. Why these people are becoming refugees? Some of them became refugees because of persecution. The moment you say yes to Jesus, the moment your life is at risk. They are ready to kill you anytime, and you have to leave your country or your place, and you run to another place where you will be protected. There are so many refugees around the world, and there's no hope for them. The church and you and I can be hope to them. You can see the percentage there. There are many. And I believe we have something that we can do. 41% of refugees today are children. 
whether it is from Ukraine, Congo, or wherever. Majority of people are children, and they do not even have a school. You will go to my congregation in one of our refugee camps, and you will find these children, they cannot even go to school. What is the future for them? It's very hard, and majority of children do not even have parents. The church is a place for them where they get comfort and support. How many of us knew that Jesus was a, a refugee? I think all of us knew that Jesus was a refugee, right? Where? In Egypt. Think about it. If we had today, if we had today, Jesus is a refugee in one of the countries around the world. I think we will get all our support, Right? We will pray for him and his parents while they are there. But today we forget that there are so many children in Jesus' age when he was when he was forced out from his hometown and went to exile, became refugee. Today there are many children who are refugee, but our job is to make sure that we bring Christ to them, we bring Jesus to them. You can see we, we start with little children wherever we go. This kid there, I do believe that God loved them very much. And I do believe that the church can be a solution to their, to their hope. We can bring Jesus to them. We start this congregation in one of the refugee camps. I always go there. And how do we start working with children? There are only two things that we start working with children. is start the church with them. And the parent will join them. One is through Jesus' film. Jesus' film is doing a lot of work. As we reach new people, we organize them into the church. Second is sport. Soccer ball or football. It's very great. We organize our people and we show them before you start much of playing, say you love your friend. Before you go home, say you love your friend. We start with love. That's our prayer. Because these people group are Muslim and non-believers. You don't want to tell them Jesus. You just need to be careful with your word. But everybody needs love. Because they miss love. Everybody needs peace because they miss peace. And when we tell them that love your friend, they will be very excited. And that's how we start working with children. And you can say these children, they are made in God's image. And we have churches everywhere and we start with children. The first people to come to my place or my Bible study or my Jesus film show are the children. And when I start with children, people will come. And that's how we start churches. One day, you can say that, no, let me go and visit refugee the real life. You can come to Uganda, or you come to Ethiopia, or you come to Kenya, and you will be very excited to see children dancing, having hope, knowing that there's better life tomorrow. They cannot be confined to the situation where they are in, they believe that there's another life. And when you accept Jesus, you will be excited. You can see our children there. This young man, his name is James. James is working with children, ministry. And we took him to Africa Northern University. He's doing some study, but we don't take him for long. He went to university only for one term. He come back and minister to children. We keep him in touch with the children. And he's doing a great work. And why children can be very important to us is because the future belongs to all of us and belongs to them.
And when we prepare them, the children will do well tomorrow. Children are very important. And when you reach children, it's very easy. It's very easy for the parent to come and join their kid. You know, we have a very small boy in this congregation. His parents were not Christian. And he came to love coming to our, to our church with, with our kid together. And he ended up telling his parents early in the morning on Sunday. He said, I want to go to church today. Take me there. Early in the morning. And the mother said, no, no, no. I'm not going to church. Nowadays, both parents are very, very peaceful members in our church. They came to church because of their child. Children are very important in God's his mission. You can see their future there. You know, when we ask ourselves, refugee is not a choice, but something that must come anyway. And I see the page of the Bible is full of refugee. It's starting from Adam and Eve. And all up to the last book of the Bible, Revelation. John wrote Revelation while he was in exile in the island of Pedmos. And we may call that as a religious or religion persecution by the state. Yet there are so many refugees today around the world who are forced from their comfort zone, from their country, and they are running everywhere, and we can identify ourselves with them. Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Noah. All these people were refugees. A refugee is a, is a person who has been displaced, and the page of the Bible is full of refugees from Genesis revelation. What can we do as a church today? We need to have a heart and build a relationship with these people and welcome them and be the hope to them. And wherever they will be, they will know Jesus. You know there's time when we, we will go to heaven. And when we go to heaven, there will be no Chinese, Japanese, American or African. All will be one. And you know it will be shame for you to walk into that golden gate alone without follower. No person following you. You will just go alone because you have been so self-centered here. You never look around and be a relationship with other people. The relationship that we build here will make different when we go to the kingdom of God because more people will join us because of you. You are part of the mission of God. We can participate in what God is already doing. And you can see all of these people who are refugees. These are few. If you go and read your Bible carefully, you will know that all the people that we talk about were refugees before. And this where in, in Uganda, we have about 2.4 million that we are serving as a refugee, and they are many. I, I was, in March, I was going out, and there's no road that we can travel with, the only means that I can go where I was looking to start a new church was a river boat. Yes, we live along, Sudan is, is along the river Nile. All of us know about river Nile. And it is the only river where Moses started his, his swimming practice, right? Moses was put in the river Nile, and that's where we live along. I travel about 11 hours in the boat, river boat. I found people who were many inside the boat, and I realized that they need Jesus. I start being a missionary to them, not because I'm a missionary, but I was sent to that specific place 
and hear the gospel with them. I start preaching to them. During those 11 hours, as I was preaching, as you can see me there, 10 people gave their life to Jesus. And before I reached the destination, two people were ready to start a new churches along the Nile. And it was an exciting moment for me to be out there. I never complained. We got water in the river. When I'm thirsty, I just took my cup, got water in the river, drank it, and I never felt sick. But the good thing was, people came to know Jesus. Amen. You know, there are so many opportunities that we can get involved in the mission of God. Those are some of our congregation in Riviji camp. If you happen to come to Uganda, you will see these people there. The same thing. These are leadership development. What are the greatest needs among the refugees? Leadership development. You organize the church today. The question will be, who is going to preach to this congregation tomorrow? You have to make sure that you train them and they can be a, a good preacher. Leadership development is urgently needed. And you may ha why? And these people are many. You know, you can go to the congregation of 300 refugees during Sunday service and you try to collect the offering, they cannot even make $5. And you need people. But they don't have anything to give. But they know Jesus. If Jesus come today, you will find them in heaven. Amen. But they do not have anything to support themselves. The church can participate in bringing these people together, sending them back, and give them, giving them all the information so that they can be a better leader tomorrow. Those are some of the classes that we do. Just in open air. We don't have any building. We worship under the tree. What do we do? We still continue loving God and doing discipleship. It, because it is a mandate in the Bible that we have to do it. And our prayer is for God to bring more people who can work in his kingdom. And that's our urgent prayer. You can see those are our leadership development. And many of our leaders, about 70% are women. Because in most refugee camp, majority are children and women. And you can see from our leadership over there, majority are women. And we really love it. You can see this tent. That's how refugees are living. But what they need most is not money, is not building. The first thing that they need is Jesus. And we have Jesus already. Why we cannot go to them? And when they know Jesus, everything will come afterward. And that's what the Bible said. Seek the kingdom of God first, and all things will be adding unto you. And these people, we can organize them, put them in those places, other places where they can meet on Sunday. They do not even have a single Bible, but we still organize them into churches. And you can see them under the tree there. That's how the church started. And the uniform is showing that they are a church, but they don't have a place to meet. They build in some place, they build brick, and they can burn them. Those brick, 
they are able to do it. But the roofing, they cannot get it. They cannot get timber. They cannot have a shelter when we organize them into churches. But they still do their best to make sure that they can do something as a congregation to come to have a place of worship. And that's how they, they put them together, burn them, or some of the places where they cannot have a brick like this, mud brick, they can also do it with iron sheet or with animal to build their congregation. This one of our congregation in Kakuma refugee camp. We start with that small group that you saw there. That's how we, we start with them. We start with that small group and we start with this small group here. As we go on, the church is slowly It's lovely the church grow and, and we build the real church. And you can see it's just a mental iron sheet. We put them together, but we put a very strong fall inside and we build the church. And this congregation today is like this. They are 300, more than 300, and the church is... We have a good problem now. We have a good problem. When we have a church, we have a good problem. The good problem is the congregation will be full. The place is very hot. You cannot have two services. You need to open up another congregation somewhere, which is a good problem. But we're still praying that may God multiply his people. That's the show now. It is start as a normal things under the tree, but we develop until it become a congregation. Now we have, we have different nine congregations meeting under the tree. When the rain, they cannot meet. They have to meet early in the morning when there is no rain. If it rain for two Sundays, that means for two Sundays, even if you are ready to take membership, a new members into membership, there is no place that you, cannot, you can take them because it is raining and they are meeting under the tree and they cannot come. We still have people who can come. They're saying in Africa what we call Ubuntu. You know, Ubuntu is mean, I am only because we are. You know, sometimes when we stop building relationship, we stop who we are as human beings. We become individualistic. We become so isolated and you become alone, a lonely person. Sometimes you forget that God created you we as other people. You cannot be who you are until you accept to be with, in company with other people. We are people because of other people. That's African press is saying that we, I cannot be alone. I cannot do it alone. We have to work together. In the scripture, the Church of Nazarene has a very beautiful mission statement that say that we are a mission of God, yes. We are great commission church, yes. To go and make disciples in all the nation. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20. All authority has been given to me, Jesus said. In Africa, when we have discussion, all our discussion often in the evening hour. We put pyre in the middle and people will sit around the pyre and the elderly person will start telling his story to children. And every person will be better attentive to listen to what the elder person is saying because these are the part of the life that you will live on for the rest of your life. And I think Jesus as an African elder sitting with his disciple, telling them what is going to happen. And he said, all authority from heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, go. Go and make disciples. When you meet them, tell them who I am. When they accept it, 
baptize them, when you baptize them, teach them, and continue to teach them until I come back. That's great statement in the Bible. And that's what the church of Nazarene belong. As we are Christian people, as we are holiness people, as we are missional people, a missionary is not a person who went to Africa. A missionary is a person who supports the mission around the world. The mission work will not exist without all of us. The mission needs all of us. But missionary may go, but all of us will support the mission. You know, when we go to heaven, I do believe that every person will see a big line after him. After, after yourself, you will see a line queuing up, and you are in front, and you will hurt them. Because there will be different color people. People who are not like you, like what Jason said. People who are not like you, you will see them lining up after you and you will have them. Why you follow me? And they will tell you, because you have done something and you sent somebody and somebody told me, that's why I'm in heaven today, because of you. Because of what you are doing today, you don't even know that you are making impact in, the, in a different part of the world. People are coming to Jesus every day. People are coming to the kingdom of God every day because of what you are doing for the mission. But when we say no, it's none of our business. Jesus will just be watching all of us because we are disobedient to his mission. The mission does not belong to us. It belongs to God. But we belong to God. And when God calls us, we have to be peaceful for the mission. I know today there are so many people who are ready to go to different parts of the world. You can start it in your house, praying for the world mission. When you pray, I see the, here, up here, prayer is a power, is a key to everything. It will open door. People who are persecuted will be protected because of your prayer. People who are running from their country will be protected because of your prayer. We have so many needs around the world. But number one need that we can give people is Jesus. If you cannot go, support the work. If you can go, be there and help the church wherever God sends you. And I believe missionaries are very few are very few. You can be called to get involved into mission. You can be a missionary and you will see the beautiful of it wherever God will take you. Don't you think that there are some special people who can do it? No, even you. You can get involved in mission. God can call you today and you can go tomorrow and make difference in the life of people. And there's beauty of being willing to say Yes. When I say yes, I never regret. When I say yes, I knew God had a better plan for everything in my life. Yeah. As I show you today, I know that we have a responsibility. We can ask ourselves, what are we going to do for the mission? I can tell you that God is at work. You know, some places you never knew that God is at work. Come. Go to the mission field and you will see God at work. Start building relationships with people even here. You will see God at work. Do you think that all people are already in the business with God? No. Yesterday I got a very excited story with one of our friends, Jason and Dave. Myself, Dave, and Jason, we were sitting together with one of the guys, and he told us something that we, I cannot believe. He found Jesus while he was driving, and because he said he did not even have something to do, he had to drive into the desert, and he stayed there for a whole day and wait there, and that's where he heard 
through radio a message of hope. And the guy came back and said, no, I need to find this church. And he went to, to find the church. In the middle of the day, sometime, he tried to regret, no, ah, this thing I can follow. No, this thing I should follow. One of the Sunday, he decided, this Sunday I will be baptized. And he said, no, I was not ready to go now. When it come in the morning hour. Until he went to his YouTube, where pastor was baptizing people, and pastor was saying, hey, it's your time to come. And, and he said he ran out from the house, got into his car, rushing to the church, and he found everybody was finishing the service, <laughs> were going out, and he said, let me go back to my car. And he went back, and God was telling him, no, 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 don't make that mistake. Go back to the first time, pastor will baptize you now, now. And he said, I came back again. He was looking for a person to talk with, and people were busy going out, and, and he said, no, next time. He went back to his car, and God told him, it's time, go. And he went for the third time and met with one of the greatest and said, hey, what are you looking? He said, no, I'm looking for faster. Can I be baptized now? And the person said, yes, we are ready to baptize you now. While other people went out from the church, he started being baptized in, in that church. You know, today you can be a hope to people who are, look, who are around here. There are so many of them. They need you to talk to them. The moment you start sharing with them, the moment they will be opened up. Relationship. Discipleship happens when we build relationship. There are so many things that we are missing today. Because we are in the church, we think in the church, we preach in the church, and when we go to the community, we remain silent. We are not building our community any longer. The church of Nazarene should be people outside there, not inside here. The mission begins at home. We have some of our praying requests. Those are praying requests. The people who are coming to church, they need building in a refugee camp. And they, one church can cost something like $4,000, and then we have a congregation like what you have seen there. Leadership development is very important for us. We need to be intentional in making cry like disciples. Who will make disciples? As we are here this morning, may the love of Christ continue to be with you. And as we go out, can you start building relationships with people who will be meeting you in your workplace or wherever? Start building bridge, and then people will come building trust in you. Muslims are not difficult, but they are difficult when they know that we are not relational. And I do believe that discipleship is start when we are relational. With our relationship, no people will come to you. Whether you have what, they will not come to you. But they will be opened up when you build a relationship with them. I can tell you around the world, 165 or 64 countries around the world, the Church of Nazarene, are in. But they need your prayer. They need your prayer. Pray for them. There are so many difficult things that missionaries are passing through. A lot of things. But when you pray, things will be easy. I was in Khartoum 2021. Khartoum is northern far bordering with Egypt. In 2021, I went to Khartoum, and there were a coup d'etat. When we were locked up in the country, and we could not leave the country, and I sent a message out, I found out that 500 people were praying for me daily. You know, after one week, airport was opened up, and I left the country, and I felt secure because there were so many people praying for me. Nothing touched me, 
I was very happy, even though there was war going on around me. I heard everything was happening. People are being killed. I was really protected because of prayer of people. May the love of Christ be with all of you and continues to be with your family. When you are here today, it's not by accident. It's because we are a missional church. Thank you. I want to thank you for joining today's sermon podcast. You can find a copy of today's sermon as well as other sermons and the sermon outline from today on our church's website, www.mvcnaz.org. It is my prayer also that you will seek out a church home that recognizes the authority of the Bible.